This episode of Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupan's Markets. You can go to the news feed. That's a capital Z in yes. news feed. Uh, sign up for the newsletter, and uh, I always love their deals. I check it every time I walk into the store. You can get a coupon for a free five-stem sunflower bunch with any $20 purchase. And uh, that's locally grown by Green Gable Farms. Very nice. You can also join them at their Burnside and Lake Grove locations for their Cellarsy wine tastings this month, featuring Orin Swift, House Alpins Aperitifs, Madeiras, and Spanish plus Portuguese wines. I just came back from Italy where we had aperitivos. Oh. And uh, they were incredible. Mm-hmm. Just they're like the Italian happy hours. Nice. You go and you pay for drinks mm-hmm. and then you all the free food you want and it's excellent. It was wow. incredible. We should go. We should. Next year. There we go. We're doing it again next year. So, uh, by the way, Bologna, great city. And uh, I'm sure you can get some Bolognese products at Zupan's, but you can also get Sugarfina. I was thinking of Halloween. Yeah. Sugarfina, premium candies made with the finest ingredients, sourced directly from artisan candy makers from around the world. So this year's Halloween line features Punk King pumpkin gummies and Brainiac Maniac zombie brains. I got to say that. Build your own Sugarfina bento box and create a sweet treat gift. Each bento box holds three small candy cubes. So that's a kind of a fun Halloween idea instead of just the the candy corn. Yeah, if you're going like to somebody's Halloween party... There's your little gift to take to them. Somebody you really care about. Because yeah. that's what you're going to do at Zupans is, is take care of those people you care about. Absolutely. Three locations on McAdam, Burnside, and Lake Grove, and of course, always at Zupans.com. All right, we're back. It's Portland's Food Scene Podcast. Podcast. <laughs> it's only been, uh, Court, it's only been, uh, what, a month, month and a half it since has, we've done It has this. been, and I've been doing a couple of intros without you, Chris Angelus, Portland Food Adventures, because you are fresh from uh, Europe. Yes. Back from uh, your uh, two of two of your PFAs, it's International. Good, it's good to be back. You know, it's wonderful to go experience that. Uh, yep. We went to Barcelona and to uh, Sicily. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at some point you want to come back. I was gone for almost a month. Um, but my favorite parts of the trip, no, they were all favorites, but what I really enjoyed were two new cities I've never experienced before, which yeah. was, uh, Valencia, Spain, just really spec, really special place, a little different, smaller than Barcelona, more manageable, right. great restaurants, um, had some real modern parts to it, which were fun to experience. We had an Fantastic Airbnb. And then also what I think was my favorite food city so far that I've been to in Europe, which was Bologna. Mm-hmm. Um, straightforward Italian. The pastas were incredible. Yeah. Their pictures on your uh, on Instagram feed were pretty crazy. Yeah. Well, I'm going to keep doing it because I've only posted about 1% yeah, of the of pictures that I have. Yeah. So Look good. Both uh, Austri and I, Austri Ensign, who uh, has Taste of Italy, who's our host at, uh, for all our, our Italy trips, mm-hmm. we've done one to Florence and Tuscany. We just did one to Sicily. And next year we're planning two. Um, we'll see. We still have to work it out. But one to Bologna and North. And then a few days later, we're going to start one to Florence and Tuscany again, like we did last Very year. Nice. Everybody loved it. Um, so uh, she and I have been posting. Uh, she's at Taste of Italy Travel with some underscores in there. Sure. And uh, I'm at Portland Food ADV, Um, some cool stuff, and we'll continue to post. And you'll also see there, we'll be posting about um, PFA Melbourne 2019, which is going to be in April next year. Which, if you think about it, Chris, that's just around the corner. I know it is. I'm very well, I'm well aware of that. And so we've got to, we'd love to have some folks join us. We have a few signed up to go with... Nolan Hurdy from um, Proud Mary. Mm-hmm. If you've been to Proud Mary, or if you haven't, it's a really special experience. And uh, as he explains on the podcast number, we don't know, right off the top of nope. 160-something, maybe. Um, but just look for Nolan Hurdy, H-I-R-T-E. And uh, he explains that um, they had already had a very uh, successful Proud Mary in Melbourne, and they thought, 
in the Central Business District. I think he said there were 15 or 1,900 places like Proud Mary that mm-hmm. serve coffee and breakfast and lunch. So they decided to come over in Portland and, and stand here. out. And it's great. Yep. So we're going to go back with him. He's well-connected there, so it's going to be pretty cool to experience uh, Nolan's uh, Melbourne. Um, We're going to go to some places where they want to treat him like royalty, which means that all of us are going to be treated like royalty. Um, Speaking of treating like royalty, I wanted to – I had two of my favorite things that I did this summer. Yeah. Um, One was a new restaurant that we've heard about a lot on this podcast because I liked it. I'm so happy with it out near Manzanita, Salmonberry Saloon. Chef Mike Aldridge, who used to be at Urban Farmer and Vitaly's, Paley's um, Imperial Mm -hmm. and also Headwaters. He came out to head that up. Beautiful restaurant with an incredible view. And then we also did uh, Maylene Chavez from Olympia Oyster Bar. She did pop-ups at it. Never a shellfish farm a yeah. few times. So I love those two experiences. Went to them numerous times over the summer and wanted to share those with people here in Portland. So on November 5th, we have both Mike and Maylene at Olympia Oyster Bar for uh, Portland Food Adventures dinner. Um, you'll walk away after some great seafood. You'll walk away with gift certificates to Salmonberry Saloon out there in Wheeler and also Chico. And we'll see if we'll have some others too. So Join us there. You can find that at portlandfoodadventures.com under the dinners tab. Oh, that was a lot of promotion. It's, it's, it was a decent amount of promotion. I think it's important because you point pr- this out. It's good public service. That's what it's I public think. Public service If you like to eat, you're listening to this podcast because you like to eat. Yep. And those are all great things to do. They if are. You, if you have the time yeah. and the wherewithal, please join us in... Uh, in November and then in April and then maybe again in uh, next September, October in Italy. There you go. And then and then maybe uh, a possible, uh, I don't know, Portland Food Adventure with hosted by our guest today. Yes. Because you actually started working working a little bit at the tail end uh, of the, the interview. End. Well, of course. Very, you're open, very smooth. So listening to Lucien Prowitz, uh, currently of um, Feast. Feast and formerly of Ned Ludd, who mm-hmm. has experience uh, in San Francisco. He talks about his experience at Firefly, and then he was in uh, Napa as the sous chef at Ubuntu, um, and then back to Firefly. So he's got some great chops, and yeah. he's opening up a new restaurant, hopefully at the end of November, which is, of course, right around the corner, in the old Wildwood space. Everybody's been wondering since it closed right. what's going to happen with that space. And now we know it's going to be called West, and uh, it's straightforward French and and Italian influences, I'm sure, with Northwest Cuisine. And and so he talks about that, putting that together, but also his experiences at Beast and and Ned Ludd and what they uh, brought to him in terms of his uh, expertise and what he's learned and what he's going to take forward with him to uh, West. And he's a really nice guy. It yep. was our first opportunity to really talk to him mm-hmm. here. So, uh, Lucian Prelwitz of the upcoming West. Right at the Fork is proud to be supported by Zupan's Markets. For over 40 years, unsurpassed quality from the best meats and wines to the freshest baked goods, flowers, and more with a delicious emphasis on locally sourced items. The best of the Northwest Bounty can be found at your closest Zupans on West Burnside, McAdam, or Lake Grove. And at Zupans.com, eat well, put taste first, love your food. Ringside Steakhouse. Owned by the Peterson family for generations, Ringside Steakhouse has long been a landmark of the Portland landscape, featuring impeccable service that has set the standard in Portland for nearly 75 years. Enjoy the finest aged steaks in Portland, their world-famous onion rings, and even Ringside's legendary late-night happy hour. Whether it's a special occasion, a business dinner, or just a great night out, make a reservation at ringsidesteakhouse.com. And by San Pellegrino. Iconic, fresh, sparkling water with an extraordinary Italian heritage. It's a great, refreshing way to enhance any dining experience. Ask for San Pellegrino by name the next time you're having a great meal. Ever since its foundation in 1899, San Pellegrino has been a premium brand synonymous with style. Try it with your next meal and enjoy the difference San Pellegrino can make. You just got back. Friday. Friday. Yeah. Yeah. Um, late Friday. Yeah. To a new dog. Really? 
Yeah, he was giant. <laughs> I was gone for a month, and he's now he went from he's smaller than now. my older yeah. dog to bigger. Jesus. And it's it, I got to tell you, it's a really weird sensation. It's like yeah. having a kid, and all of a sudden they go from five foot to five or four two to five eight <laughs> in a month. It was really weird. Anyway, I love it. That was uh, it was it was good to be away. So, do you get away much? You don't. Uh, you have no, a pretty... not, not unless it's uh, restaurant or work related. Really, yeah. So I took a week and drove out to Colorado. How long ago? This year, but that was oh, that was the summer. Right. It wasn't too. Are wasn't you able to crazy. disconnect? Are you out of um, touch with the kitchen? Most of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there'll be like you know one or two little questions here and there. But, you know, but for it, you know, you, you set it up as best you can and then you hope that everybody follows through. So you've been at Beast how long now? How many it's years? It's been just shy of two years. Okay. And you've had one week or? Uh, I took, I think it's been two all said and done. Yeah. Okay. I got, got married in January and we took a, I took a week then too. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, a whole week. Yeah. A whole for, week, for right? The, yeah. <laughs> for the, it was a whole week. Yeah. yeah. Where'd you go? Uh, we stayed in town. Oh, <laughs> there's, going a, anywhere. there's a honeymoon too. Yeah. Well, we, we did the whole thing really quickly, got engaged in November and decided to just do the thing in January. Wow. You know, where'd rest, you, restaurant you timing. Where'd you meet? Uh, she was my sous chef at Ned Ludd. Oh. So we can get to that. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. Well, I was going to ask you, I yeah. wanted to talk about both your Ned Ludd and yeah. your beast experiences because yeah. they're, they, the one thing they they have in common is their destination restaurants yeah. for people coming in from out of town. They read about them. Yep. I mean, I knew about that with Ned Ludd and certainly Beast, that's the situation. Um, like, what percentage of people are coming in? Do you, do you ever, did you ever read on that at either restaurant? Um, I, I think the percentage of out-of-town guests at, at Beast is definitely higher than it was at Ned Ludd. I, it's probably close to 75%, I think, wow. out of town at Beast, wow. at least from talking to people as they come in. and That's what's cool yeah. about the communal tables it's because, cool. yeah. uh, you know, people meet from elsewhere and yeah. share Portland restaurant exactly. ideas, but also worldwide restaurant yeah, ideas. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, that is one of the, I mean, the whole restaurant itself is a really solid, smart concept mm-hmm. for that. But having that destination status and the out-of-town guests, like you just said, it makes even more sense. Do you, do you feel any additional pressure because you're representing the city? I mean, I, 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 I'm going to leave I mean, leave probably a, now. I'm going to leave one <laughs> chef nameless um, sure. who used to do a lot of PR out of town mm-hmm. and bring a lot of people in from out of town. And that was their experience. Uh-huh. It looks like you know who I'm talking about. I do, yeah. And... Um, and I always got I, just a little upset for the city because I thought that was not the, it wasn't typical of the Portland experience. Right. I, yeah. I, I'll agree with that too. Right. Um, yeah. I don't know if I've really thought about it all that much. I know Naomi definitely has. Um, and just the terms of, you know, when, when to push and pull with the, the standards and everything that we do. And I think that we, we do a good job of of meeting that kind of expectation no matter who's coming in. And that's kind of, that's a, a me thing too, where you hear people talk about like, oh, well, we got this VIP coming in we have this VIP and this VIP. And it's like, okay, it's, it's nice to be mindful, but like, everybody's, I'm going to, I'm going to cook for everybody like that. Like, I don't fucking care. Well, like, right. Like, and everybody but, should be a VIP, yeah. right? If especially it's not a cheap ticket. Right. To, exactly. What is it to eat at peace? At now? 125 for food. Okay. Yeah. That's a, And then the wine pairing. It's another 50 some on top. And that doesn't include, so you're in for 200 with service, Basically, maybe well, a little more? Uh, service is all included. Oh, it's all included. In the, in the price of food, yeah. Okay. So, so we did, yeah, we did that a couple of years ago, but. So everybody should be a VIP. They're spending good. Exactly. Good dollars to be there. And it's, yeah. a, it's a special experience for everybody. People don't just drop in on beef. No. Nope. So, so, <laughs> um, so it, it's got to be a little tempting though to get lazy because if most of the people are in from out of town. It's it's their first experience right. there, so yeah. but you can't. You can't, and I mean, I think that it's like you said, it's it, it is a representation of of what's going on. But also, with so much of your business based on out of town guests, if you don't get them to want to come back or recommend to their friends who are traveling to come back, you're kind of screwed. So you you have to put that pressure on all the time, and you yeah. can't you can't be you can't I be would, too relaxed with. I it. would just wonder how much that how much that referral business from out of town. Would be affected by, I guess it is. Yeah. You know, I, I, I mean, guess the people who travel far. to eat have friends who travel to yeah. eat. Yeah. I mean, we have conversations, Naomi and I have conversations about it, you know, almost weekly about like how to, you know, keep up the buzz, keep up the thing. The restaurant's in its 10th year, almost its 11th year now. And, you know, with 
the scene in Portland and so many restaurants that are opening, how do you keep, how do you keep that, you know, your finger on the pulse of everything and keep people coming back and keep new people coming in too. And it's, it's a lot of it has to be that national reach for us. Well, plus you just celebrated your 10th anniversary. Right. So you had your 10, were there 10 events? There was were 10. That? Yeah. And there's and I a, went to one, which, went to was, one. which yeah. was great. Yeah. That was a lot of fun to do having, you know, 10 really, uh, I, I you know incredible chefs from countrywide coming in. Is, you know, was there one, any one or like two that. in particular who made an impact on you, or maybe made an impression on you? Maybe not impact, but yeah. an impression on you. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I think you know, standing next to uh, Gavin Kaysen in a kitchen, you know, just knowing his pedigree and all the work he's done was pretty intimidating. And oh, so uh, I, I got to be at that one. Yeah, the intimidating. That was the, one. Yeah, the intimidating for me personally, and then of course I. Uh, Nancy Silverton, you know, I'm in there. I got in early that day because I was somehow I got uh, I did the I chose to do a pasta course. Nancy Silverton's coming in. Yeah, sure. I'll make pasta. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm like, shit, well, I'm going to get in early and I'm going to get it all done before she gets there. And I get everything set up and she walks in the door early. She's like, oh, what you making? And like just settles up side by side. And then, you know, she starts rolling out her tart dough next to me. And I'm like standing there. Cool. I'm making pasta next to Nancy Silverton. I'm like, this is all right. Very I'm good cool. with this. <laughs> Very cool. Did you? Yeah. Did you think? I wanted to ask you a little bit about what you know. You came up to work at Ned Ludd. Yeah. Was that a? Were you? Had you decided to move to Portland, and then Ned Ludd came into play, or was it Ned yeah. Ludd brought sucked you into Portland? So, so when I was back in San Francisco, I was just kind of bopping around, and I knew that I wanted to to leave San Francisco prices. And stay on the West Coast. And You're not the first one. Yeah, yeah I mean, exactly. We, yeah. So, Court, we could do a little uh, um, collage of people talking about wanting to leave San Francisco. For <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, yeah. On this spot, if we really went back, there's got to be sure technology to find it all. Oh my god. Well, I think yeah. you just go back to anybody who came out of San Francisco, and there's probably there's like a 99 percent chance that they left because of rising right. prices. Yeah, yeah. I just don't feel like paying it. I spent eight years there, and right. at the end of it, I was like, all right, I think I'm good. Mm-hmm. So, well, but while I was still there, I, I knew I, I was like, oh, I'll just take a trip up by myself to Portland. And I'd been here once before that. So I'm like researching restaurants and I'm like, who is this crazy idiot operating a whole restaurant with just a wood fired oven? Like, I got to, like, I'm going to go there. I at least want to meet the guy. So, like, get in touch with Jason and I'm like, hey, I'm coming up to Portland. Like, can I spend a day in the kitchen? And he and I, like, hit it off and we're fast friends. And I ended up spending probably three of the five days that I was here, like, working. Just at Ned Ludd and hanging out, and he and I kind of kept in touch. And then I went back to San Francisco for a while, and uh, it was that that fall or later into the winter. And he got a hold of me, and he's like, "Hey, my sous chef's leaving. You know, you should. What, what are you doing?" I just wanted to check in, and I was like, "Well, I'll come up and cook, but I don't want to do much more than that." And that lasted about two weeks before I was like, "No, well, you should just run this." And I was like, "Okay, cool." So what did he <laughs> sure. do? What did Jason do sure. when you were running it? Well, actually, shortly after that, he got into a pretty serious cycling accident, a bike accident, and like cracked a couple of oh, ribs right. and stuff. Right, yeah, right, he was right, laid right. up, laid up that. for a while. So he did that and recovered for a while, and then uh, and then Elder Hall came in, and then we started uh, dreaming and scheming on on Elder Hall, and got that lined up, and then that was kind of the thing that his attention was going to, and then he was spent more of his time focusing on the actual owner and and business side of things rather than the chef side of things because he had. You know, I was around to take care of the other side of it for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's that's got a, that's a cool Portland introduction for you because it I've was, always yeah. considered Ned Ludd. If someone's looking for a unique, you know, something that's yeah. a little different that they're not going to get in their town. Yep. Ned Ludd. So he, we when I first started Portland Food Adventures, yeah. he did number. I can't remember if it was number two or number three. I, I remember that. Yeah. We, actually, it was the first one was canceled because Barack Obama was in town. So uh-huh. that was. 2010, and then we had to move the date. But we had 45 people there, and that guy, other than just someone running food, he cooked everything in that oven oh, yeah. and held the conversation throughout the entire meal yep. with us. And I just, that to me was one of the most impressive things I've ever seen because when I'm in the kitchen at home and someone just tries to talk to me and I'm making food for yeah. two, <laughs> get out, no, don't even yeah. talk to me. I'll, I just get that's uh, does that come with training? Is everybody good at multitasking in the kitchen? No, 
Uh, no, the short answer is no. <laughs> the long answer is yeah, yeah, you can get there and you can, you can figure it out. And it, I think it comes with, I mean, for Jason, especially like it comes with, you know, 20 some years of cooking experience in various different places. And then just his personality type too. Mm-hmm. Like, and so, and you know, he, he always did this amazing job of being able to blend those two things together where he's like, he's going to cook you an amazing dinner and he's going to entertain the shit out of you at the same time. Yeah, that like to me, yeah. it's so impressive because I just don't have that focus to do that. Yeah, at all. The only thing I can do while I'm talking is drive. <laughs> That's about it. But, yeah, but as yeah, far, I mean, I think you kind of have to get behind the the entertainment aspect of of being in a kitchen these days because I mean, most kitchens are open at this point. I'd like to think. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, I think. Well, here, and here I think for increasingly yeah. elsewhere, but. Before I had come to Portland, I did. I really wasn't very familiar with yeah. open kitchens and being able to talk to chefs yeah. while I was eating. That was a that was a new experience. But that was yeah, thirteen years ago. Yeah, I mean, I think actually the majority of the restaurants that I've worked in and kitchens that I've worked in have been open kitchens. So it's like from early on, I was used to people coming up and asking asking questions and all this kind of stuff, and then you know, come to Ned Ludd and you're right there mm-hmm. and then you go to Beast and then you're right there. Yeah, exactly. And so I've got people sitting closer to me than we're sitting right now. Right. You know, while I'm trying to cook for the dining room. So you get used to, you know, taking a breath and getting yourself together and making a smile and, and chatting and, you know, and, and the great part is most of them turn into real honest, earnest conversations too. And that, and yeah. that's what helps solidify relationships to bring people exactly. back and make them refer people because yeah. they it's easier to remember when they got to know you yeah. and they talked about the food. Can you identify um, a couple of specific, some of the best things you took out of your Ned Lott experience and your Beast experience that will help you as you move forward to sure. do your own thing? Yeah, I think um, they worked in a really symbiotic way that was totally unplanned. Um, and Ned Lott, I feel like I really learned how to cook in a lot of ways because it was so primal and basic and just the fire and fire in the farms really, you know, and the product. And you had to be careful and you had to adapt because you, you know, if your fire drops in temperature a little bit, you got to know where to put it, what to do, what to make the result turn out this, or if, you know, something's a little bit more burnt than you thought, like you got to adjust, you got to figure it out. You know, there's these things. And so, and you don't have a lot of time if you got a full restaurant. Yeah. It's one, you're one person cooking for 70 people, you know, and you've got a helper, but you know, they've, they've got a whole slew of, you know, charcuterie and cheese, salads and cold dishes to plate and do deal with themselves. So if the fire is too strong and something mm-hmm. gets burnt, you have to discard that, start, all, start again. over yeah. again. But then on top, it's not just starting again. You have to adjust the fire. You got to adjust the fire and you got to adjust everything else that was you were doing with that <laughs> at the same time. And you can't adjust the fire too much one direction or the other because, you know, there's another 15, 20 pans in there at the same time. Right. I don't, how do you, uh, so there's a lot of that, and you had to learn how to read it, and, and you could almost play it like a big flat top or a big French top in ways. And we, we would build the fire not straight back but off to the side a little bit, which gave you kind of this radiant heat or this convection over the top of the oven. Um, and so you could figure out where the hot spots were. But I, I feel like I really learned how to cook there, and that, and that was a thing. And we've got we're at, the, at the new spot here, we, there is a wood-fired oven too. Um, so that will come into play in those kind of techniques and thinking that way. I was going to be a part of it. And Beast, you know, for me, was a, a, a finishing school in a lot of ways and a place that I really looked for for a long time uh, to, you know, just like push the standards, push the technique, push the, the, the value of it all. You know, like we talked about, if somebody's coming in for 125 bucks, like each course of, out of six, you know, is whatever, it's got $25 essentially. Mm-hmm. And so you're, you know, one of them's a salad course. It's got to look like it's, you know, $25, you know, and it's got to meet that expectation. And, you know, there was a lot oh, of you that. you can come out and announce, like, listen, we're going to have some big beef dish yeah, right. later, so <laughs> this shouldn't be worth 25 yeah. Don't Don't think of it that way. You can push, you can, you can, but that's true. You can push and pull. But I think the, the great part about Beast was really the, it was that finishing school, and a lot of it stemmed from being really open to critique really open and and engaging in that conversation and looking for it and it's the way that that Naomi had wanted it to go and the restaurant to be run and we sit down the whole staff sits down every day and tastes all the food tastes all the wine that goes with it and we all have this conversation and everyone's opinion is valued the same whether it's hers or our newest you know newest dishwasher everyone's allowed this feedback loop which like 
hard to deal with at first, but and then you get into it a little bit more and you you drink that Kool-Aid and you see that it it, it makes everything better. That's a very democratic system uh, over there. Shockingly and, so, yeah. And I would my you know, I I know know Naomi fairly well, not yeah. not certainly not as well as you sure. do, but I mean I've had enough conversations with yeah. her that I would think that yeah, it would be democratic, but her in the end mm-hmm. she would Oh, in the end, yeah. yeah. I mean, if there's, you know, if, if something's up for debate, like she always has, you know, the yeah, final say. You know, she that's her, that's her name on the door and everything else. And, you know, she's got her little flourishes and touches that she likes to put on things. But that's kind of been her her role over the past little while is very much uh, an editor and a collaborator. And, it, and, we'll you know, we'll talk through things. She might get excited about something she saw. And she's like, I really want you to use this. And I'll be like, cool, yeah, I'll figure it out. Had she done that before you were there? Or was that... Uh, they, they, her and Jake Stevens, who I replaced, um, had started to build that kind of relationship. Yeah. And then before that, there was... Uh, Maya was there. Right, well, yeah. Maya and then and, uh, uh, Micah. Micah. <laughs> right, Micah. So yep. maybe her, she... her and Micah more, like, kind of divided and conquered. Naomi mm-hmm. took, like, the first half of the menu Right. From what I understand, Micah kind of took the last half of it. What's Micah up to now? She started the girls' club. She started thing, the girls' never... club, and now she's in, uh, I think she's in McMinnville at uh, Thistle. Oh. Actually. Yeah. All right. Eric Pichard, is Let's he see. still involved in no, that? No, not at all. No. Nope. Yeah, I didn't think so. No, he's got his, uh, what's that place in? Eric uh, Pichard, Albatross. Albatross, that's it. Astoria. Yep. yep. It's one of yep. my, I can't call it a hang, but, you know, I'm out on the coast. So but you're I'm out like, there, yeah. Yeah, I go up there once in a while, but I haven't been to his place recently. Yeah. Um, but that's a good gig for her. So yeah. Let's take a minute uh, right here, Chris, to talk about one of our favorite places to eat, Ringside Steakhouse. It's been a favorite for a lot of people. For uh, They're celebrating their 75th year next year. Which is awesome. Yeah, who else? I guess what? Huber's maybe in Portland that has been around that long, but... Right. No one's been uh, carrying the torch for service as long as uh, Ringside Steakhouse. And as of, uh, and very recently also the Fish House, which unfortunately closed. Yeah. So they were, um, if, if you haven't heard the story yet, they, in that space over at Fox Tower, the, um, the building, the a tenant wanted more space. And the Petersons decided that, uh, they didn't have a younger generation that was interested in operating their restaurant business, so they decided to just stick with what they know really well. Mm-hmm. Not that they didn't know the fish house well, but they got an offer they couldn't refuse, I guess, for the space. And uh, and now they're they're going to operate the steakhouse solely. The good news here is if you're a big fan of the onion rings, <laughs> it's all about those, the have, onion those rings. have always been in both places. And I, I had just this past weekend. I introduced a friend of mine to the onion rings, and if if you've never had the ringside onion rings, you are missing out because they are perfection. I've I had friends, two sets of friends here last month who enjoyed that, but also the lobster mashed potatoes. Oh which yeah, you could you could still get at we did ringside that. steakhouse. We did that too. And they have the after nine o'clock happy hour mm-hmm. menu, which is just as good as the fish house is better than the fish house's uh, happy hour menu too. Yeah. So. And not only that, of course, classic states, service, and an atmosphere. Did you know, I don't know if you knew this, Court, because you have to be paying a little bit of attention. Portland Business Journal, ringside one best restaurant in Portland, uh, and a few categories as well. Not only best restaurant, but I think best service, best decor, that might have been it. Oh, I, the, may, I may be wrong on that, but listeners are certainly welcome to, to call me out. Yes, certainly. Easily the best service in Portland that I've experienced myself. I think so. Is at the steakhouse. It's, so. old, it's old school service. Right. It's, you know, it's asking the right questions and knowing what you like when you come in, if mm-hmm. you've been there multiple times. So yeah, Ringside Steakhouse over on West Burnside. What's the what, the website is? Uh, RingsideSteakhouse.com. Yeah, there you go. That easy, and that's where you can also go and set up a reservation today. Yeah, and you can do that as individuals, or if you have a corporate outing, you're going to impress. Mm-hmm. Naomi has really put through some some of our top talent. Uh, yeah, and. Including you. Place is a, a really solid incubator. Right. <laughs> I mean, for lack of a better you, word. Have I think. you been yeah. to any May dinners with Maya? Yeah. yeah. Been to a couple. And have yeah, you been to any live... at the new place? No, I haven't. I, uh, strangely, as it's right next door to, right. to Beast, but I used to live, um, well, like a stone's throw from the spare room, mm-hmm. which is the greatest bar in town. Um, <laughs> I don't even know of it, but I don't hang out at bars. It so. used to be an old bowling alley there on 42nd, mm-hmm. but it's just this old school Portland place. And, you know, everybody 
different walks of life, lots of different stuff going on there. But I lived right there, and it's pretty much across the street from Old Salt in the space where Maya was doing May mm-hmm. for a while, and we'd go over there every so often. Good. Yeah, like she's. She, it it felt. Um, May felt a little different for me mm-hmm. at Dame than at oh, Old sure, Salt. Yeah, uh, grown up a little bit, uh-huh. and Maya has. How many times has she said the same thing about the same dishes? And she does mm-hmm. this wonderful presentation, but on the one thousand eight hundred thirty second time, <laughs> I just wonder. It, she she does it so well, but it uh, it you know it just had a different feel in a day. Yeah. Not a bad one. It was right. good, but it was just yeah. it, it's like it would grown up, and she's ready for her own space to find her own she's, thing. And yeah, she will. she's ready. She's pushing for it, and I think you know they're going to get there really soon too. So speaking of that, talk yeah. a little bit about your project. I was away, yeah. and honestly, I was just caught wind of it, just a quick read of Eater to catch up while I was away. Yeah, but, so. yeah. so um, a couple few months ago, uh, we started talking with Summer and Patrick, who have uh, Union Pine, mm-hmm. and they were, uh, were going to do this event space and, and bar in uh, the, wild, the old Wildwood space, and we talked to them, and... Like actually, we all get along really well, and this all makes makes sense. And we kind of wrote a menu and and pushed the pushed the food a little bit. Now it's kind of slanting a little bit more towards restauranty kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife's involved with it in the kitchen with me, and we're gonna co gonna co chef it, and so that'll be we'll figure that one out. Um, How do you think? So are you <laughs> are you concerned at all about working so closely together and then having a personal so. life? No, I don't think so. I we, were, we joked about it the other day, where it's like our lives are just gonna flip flop around, where it's like. We'll go and be with each other all the time in the restaurant, and then we'll come home and like zoom out to different rooms, <laughs> to, like take or to, different, or to different take states. A yes, to <laughs> take a bead for a, or a bead for a minute there. Um, no, but I'm I'm excited about it. I, I you know we complement each other in a, in a lot of good ways, and you know things I don't necessarily like to do or talk about or deal with. She's really good at, and, and the same is true in the other way. Good, but the space back to the space. It's uh, yeah, so it's in, in the old Wildwood space, and we're taking the front. The front piece of it um, for a forty-seat uh, restaurant and bar, where the bar was. Which, or yes, uh huh. Yep, where so Wildwood that's, Bar uh, was. Yeah, so the where the Wildwood Bar was, and we'll have the little patio section out there too for the restaurant and bar, and then it's basically seventy-five seat event space back there, forty-seat private dining room. Well, that was so the same event space Wildwood had. Yeah, too. Well, that, that was nice. And then the rest of it will be a venue for whatever you name it weddings etc and I'll, we'll do all the food for that and we're going to do all the food for all the union pine events too so it's kind of this three-headed three-headed I, monster that we're about to create i marvel at all the event space there is now and, and yeah. that there is that much business yeah it's it's incredible it's, it's nuts yeah i mean this is not a heavy uh Influ- uh, corporate influence. No, city not at all. At all. Yeah. That's why we only have the Blazers and right. a soccer team. Yeah, <laughs> there's no football because yeah. it doesn't have the corporate base. So, do you have any? I mean, are you, is that that's not your end of it to worry? That's not about. necessarily my end of it to worry about. But I'm I'm not at all like with um her summer's solid you know business with Union Pine. Like she's like it's already there. Yeah, it's like the people. Like great. So is it largely like Nike and Nike business? There'll, there'll I mean, be some Nike business, yeah. Yeah, of course. For sure, yeah. Everybody's got Nike to. business, yeah. but then there's all this other stuff around. I don't know. I just, well, you know, it, I find it interesting. And now everybody's, you know, you've got Plaza del Toro, the yeah. Nightwood, you know, and yeah. now would. it's just nonstop. Yeah. So that's cool. So what do you, and name is the name of it? West. West. Yeah. That's a good name. Yeah. I like that name. Solid. It's easy. Easy to remember. Right. It's good. Yeah. Her, she had the branding, everything, what she wanted to look like all ready to go. And she's like, what, what do you guys think? And it's like, it's, it's awesome. It's great. Beautiful. And when's that slated for? Shooting for the end of November. Wow. Yeah. I'll know more right after this when I, when I go over there and see what happened since the last week when should I was we, over there. Should we follow him with Mike's? <laughs> yeah, we might need to do that. We've never done that before. Yeah. Like, well, we actually did do. Or a plan a bug, remote. and we did a yeah, right. one once. Be a little more subtle at uh, the new space at Ruby Jewel. We yeah. did that. We did yeah. something like a couple of days later. Um, a remote. This is not a radio station, so yeah. we're not really set right. up for that. So, have you left Beast now? No, I'm still there. I'll be there through my last day in the restaurant. I guess will be. It's like Saturday, the whatever that is, November third, second mm-hmm. or third, whatever that is, and then. Actually, Naomi and I and Morgan, my wife, were going to do um, a food event up in, uh, or a festival in Vancouver, B.C. 
Oh, nice. The Eat Festivals, yeah. So we're cooking with the guys from Wildebeest in their space and then doing like a grand tasting thing. And that's my, technically my last commitment to to Beast Restaurant, I suppose. That's great. So are you, um, what does it take to organize what's going to happen at West? Uh, What's what's the process now? Because you don't have long if you're leaving. No, we don't have long at all, no. And uh, yeah, and luckily... uh, Summer had already had construction and everything going on the space, and she's handling that side. And we have Jillian Portance with us as our GM, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's handling a lot of stuff. And then, where, where do I know her from? I can't from everywhere around yeah, town. That's yeah, what, she's gal about town. She does a lot of work with Feast, right? Um, she was with Little Green Pickle a few years ago. Um, she does stuff with the Hot Luck Festival and Mike Thielen. Oh, okay. Kind of stuff. Well, yeah. then that's where I know her, yeah. Because- I had the opportunity to go to Hot Luck a couple of years ago and just loved it. Yeah. So I haven't done that one. It's on my no, list. No, a lot though. of people haven't. But yeah. It's uh, it's cool. But the first year it was just awesome because it wasn't really. Yeah. It was. It was. There were a lot of people there, but yeah. you could actually didn't have to wait in long lines for everything. Yeah. So that was a nice thing. So, um, but you've you've got generally the menu. Planned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess that's the, the I guess the point that I was trying to get to is there's a lot of support around it with the the four of us right now between uh, Summer and Jillian and and Morgan and myself. There's enough people to kind of divide and conquer in a lot of ways, and I'm sure we'll get surprised by a few things here. But and yeah, I think you know. you've got a uh, a PR leg up because people have been talking about been that waiting. space. I know. Uh, you yeah. know, it was going to be. I thought there were going to be condos, so it's Same. a little yeah, yeah, it's a little surprising, and I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, the Paley's are happy that there's going to be something vibrant so. next door yeah. as opposed to a closed building. Right. Um, and it's probably good for the whole neighborhood. Yeah. And, uh, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's the, that's the goal. And, you know, we're going to be open, you know, four to midnight, seven days a week. So, so, yeah. um, do you have, can you share some of the menu items that might yeah, we be went. new and different for you? Sure. I mean, yeah, I don't necessarily know if it's new or different for me, but, um, this has been it's been stuff that's been in my head for so long, and a lot of it's kind of stripped down and really, you know, simple and and uh, deeply rooted in you know some country French stuff and some country Italian stuff. Like you know, really easy. You know, it's like spaghetti alla catara and like tomato butter sauce and some Parmesan. Dude, like who does like? Come on. I'm telling. I was yeah. just in Bologna, yeah. and I and I got to tell you that food. It, well, I come from the East Coast. Yeah. So there was a lot of Italian there, sure. and it was straightforward. It's so hard to find that here that isn't yeah. played around with, and you know, a little touch of this, and then changing right. it. Yeah, I, I had lasagna that was so simple and straightforward, and so delicious. I love it. No tomato sauce. Yeah. No mozzarella cheese. It was thin, thin slices of uh, pasta, thin, thin sheets of pasta. That I took a butter knife. Literally a butter knife, <laughs> and I cut a sliver about an eighth of an inch, and just it just fell off, and all stayed together, yeah. and it was unbelievable. And all the tortellonis and tortellinis, it's love it. I, just the I think the city needs some straightforward food. It's the without chefs things. trying to put their ego into right. it all yeah, the time. I, yeah, exactly. And it's it's the simple things done right. And you know, Karen Brooks said a couple of nice little things in her her little blurb about it, where it was just you know it's like this is a, you know some of the food you may have seen 15 years ago, like on this stretch. And at first I was like, oh, what the fuck? And then I was like, no, actually, no, that's no, she gets it. That's, that's right. Good. I'm yeah. like, no, that's great. And you know, calling it, you know, hoping that it'll be, you know, the kind of respite and, and comfort that you know these kind of chaotic times call for. And that's the hope. Yeah. Well, and, and by the way, I didn't mean to insult a lot of chefs by saying putting there. Of course not. Yeah. I, I, what I meant was, I mean, I just enjoy that simple food. Same. And, yeah. and it's nice to just order it and know what you're getting. Yeah. Know, know right. what it should taste like right. beforehand yeah. instead of, oh, yeah. well, they added this and this and this. So now I got to figure out where that's going to be, how yeah. much of it. It's going to be a dollop over here. Do I eat yeah. that with this and then this? Exactly. That first? Yeah. You know, but no, this is, yeah, it's it's a bowl of pasta. It's a little piece of smoked steelhead and beurre blanc, you know, yeah. it's like. All Simple, straightforward, like, it doesn't need a lot. Really well done. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. So where did you get your influence, other than cooking, but yeah. you know, you grew up in the Midwest. Where I did. In the, where yeah. in the Midwest? Uh, Northwest Indiana. Oh. A little town called LaPorte. That, is that close to Gary? That the, is the incredibly pit, close to Gary. The armpit of the USA? Yes, very close to Gary. It's Yeah, it's right there on the lake, too. It's about... 10 miles south of the that South Shore of Lake Michigan. Wow. And, you know, which, you know, 10 miles south of the Michigan border there and an hour outside of Chicago. 
So Micah Camden has been on this podcast a couple uh-huh. times talking about how he needed to get out of there. <laughs> and, and the respect that you yeah. have to have for him, a kid from Gary, Indiana, uh-huh. who... I, you know, I never put that together. I never realized that he was from Gary. Yeah. Yeah. He is. Huh. But when you think about his success yeah. without an education, yeah, he's done He's yeah. done pretty well. But so what was the motivating factor for you? How did you... How did sure. you I don't mean to disparage Gary. Yeah. I just did. I just did. But, and I, you know, it's your hometown. It's where you grew up, but there are, you know, growing up there, you could have easily just become entrenched in it and not knowing what was going on elsewhere in the country. Of course, Chicago's right right there. Chicago's right there. So there's some of that. And, you know, in the town that I grew up in, we had a lot of little lakes and there's that kind of culture around that. And, you know, there's little farms and there's this great little orchard out there called Garwood's that we'd go to when I was a kid all the time in, in the fall around this time. And they made little cider donuts and off this little conveyor belt and cider and apples everywhere and pumpkins. And so mm-hmm. that was always a fun thing. But, you know, a lot of my food stuff from, from the Midwest came from family stuff. And my dad's got, uh, he's the oldest and he's got a brother and two sisters and, and there's just the whole slew of us cousins. We'd always gather and it was, it was like Easter, 4th of July, Thanksgiving, Christmas, you know, like all of them were these big family events for us because everyone was still fairly close by between, you know, LaPorte, you know, Northwest Indiana and St. Louis and Cleveland. Um, and, you know, somebody would be like, oh, I'm on, I'm on lunch today. And then be this big production for lunch. And while we're all eating lunch, we're talking about what we're going to be eating for the next meal. It was always <laughs> that kind of thing. A, you know, kind of a collaborative, like, piece together of meals and stuff. And so that, what that, were they making? Because it, it couldn't yeah. be influenced too much by Europe. No, not too much. No, I mean there was a lot of it's a kind of a bigger German family. It was a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of German influence, a lot of, you know, large chunks of, you know, ham or beef and cabbage and carrots and potatoes and you know, all that stuff. But it was a lot of that heartier comfort food stuff. But it wasn't there wasn't much of the like meatloaf or hot dog game. It wasn't like that wasn't the big thing. It was a little bit more than that. Well that, yes. did you know at an early age? that you wanted to get into food? What were, no, not when at you all, were a kid, really. What, what did you want to be? What did you... You know, you go through the, the whole, the ringer of everything, but I wanted to be a musician for a long time. Mm-hmm. No matter what it meant, or like whether it was it's like rock and roll or classical, it didn't matter to me. That's what I wanted to do. And what are you, what were you listening to as a kid? I went through all the 90s stuff to start. You, you know, Nirvana and Stone Temple Pilots. Mm-hmm. Soundgarden. It's like Whenever I hear that, I just feel so old. Radiohead and everything, but you know, <laughs> you start to, yeah, you know, and and Led Zeppelin too, because of you know my friends' brothers, older brothers and stuff. Under that, those were the those were the real ones then. And then my mom was a a piano teacher, and so there was always like classical this and that playing all the time. And I actually ended up going to school to be a, a orchestral trumpet player wow. at Indiana University for a while. And were you? <laughs> Spent, did you get pretty good? Yeah. Yeah, you, that was one of the random, like, it's random Indiana facts, is it's like one of these top, like, top three music programs in the world. Wow. Where people talk about, like, the Paris Conservatory or Juilliard or then the Jacob School of Music at Indiana University. The Jacob School. Yeah. So, have you, I just have a thought. I yeah. think somewhere over there on 21st, you <laughs> and Vitaly can play the piano and you right? can play the no. trumpet. <laughs> you could do uh, I uh, thought about that, actually. Pretty good, you did. Yeah. A pretty good concert. Good. I'd like to thing. be part of that. So, <laughs> not that, and, I, and I'm sad to hear that that wasn't my idea because you yeah, right. <laughs> Our friends at San Pellegrino would like to shine the spotlight on Dining at Departure. Floating atop the landmark Myron Frank building above the Nines Hotel, Departure's ambitious menu captivates diners with its masterful remix of authentic and coastal cuisines. From street food-styled starters to meal-sized classics, rice and noodle specialties to market-fresh sushi, Chef Gregory Gorday and his team at Departure embrace the bounty of the Pacific Northwest to deliver the fiery flavors of the Far East. Settle into your seat at Departure's coolly elegant lounge or claim your perch on their panoramic deck and toast to the spirit of exploration with its menu of global cocktails. Sipped high above the city center from Portland's best downtown location. A great way to compliment any dish on Departure's exciting menu is with a sparkling bottle of San Pellegrino. Make sure to check into SanPellegrino.com to see where the best chefs in the world recommend you dine. And San Pellegrino also recommends you make a reservation soon to dine at Departure in Portland. So 
Yeah, I mean, so I guess anyway, yeah. And then, you know, I started working in restaurants like sometime in high school on, and did the whole round about the front of the house thing. Started at a, I was a busboy at a little restaurant that was attached to the Holiday Inn in the next town over. So was I. Was, yeah. I had the same job <laughs> attached to the Holiday Inn in Connecticut. Nice. <laughs> in Norwalk. Yeah. Very cool. And so did that Did for they a while. dress like monks there? The the, the waitresses no. had little orange miniskirts. This is an indication no, of the no. time. <laughs> Real short miniskirts with white boots. No, everyone was in, it was like, Black polo shirts and khaki pants. Mm-hmm. It's a real classic. Yeah. Well, <laughs> boy, if I, you know, it's we didn't have cameras back then. Wouldn't it be oh great if you had some shots? Yeah. From from back I then. I wish all the kids coming up now are going to have all the they shots. Got everything's in the documented. Yeah. yeah everything. So, um, so then you went to the, when did you start cooking? Actually, so I actually started cooking. Well, I was about halfway through college, at a little brewery actually in Bloomington, Indiana. Um, you know, and it'd be, and it was a cooking job. Like, you know, you get your ass kicked, you know, you're doing 150 burgers on a grill, you know, grilling steaks and all this stuff. And you learned how to be fast, but you also learned how to like be a kitchen jerk and an asshole and like drink pitchers of beer and, you know, smoke weed and blow it under the hood on the line and stuff. You know, <laughs> I was like, I was like, where, how much I? learning like, did that, like, how much learning did that take? What's the learning curve on learning how to Smoke weed and blow it. <laughs> it's pretty fast. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty quick. Yeah. It happens. That's funny because that's yeah. what I was doing at the Holiday Inn yeah. thing. It's just a thing. Yeah. Just a little quick anecdote, anecdote, which I think I've mentioned here, but since we're talking about it, yeah. I was working there. This is going to date me because you're talking about Nirvana. Yeah. I was working there. Um, the chef invited us all out to his VW bus to listen to Nixon resign. <laughs> And yeah. we're passing a joint in his yeah. VW bus while that was happening, <laughs> which dates me and Love also it. is, I think it was a pretty cool yeah. thing to remember yeah. at that job. Um, so, uh, oh yeah, so started cooking towards the end of college then, and that was about the time that um, I realized that, well, I loved the music aspect of things. It, it wasn't, it wasn't going to be what I was going to do. Do you know that David Lee Roth grew up in Bloomington? I did know that. Yes. Yes. We got Sorry, a couple down just there. Have to, no, that's I, I know very little music trivia. And I'm going to throw it out there. Yeah, and yeah, so I, I realized that the music thing wasn't going to be the be the idea, and I, I was like, oh, this cooking thing's kind of good. I get a, you know, and I, I like the restaurant culture, and I like food and eating and all this kind of stuff. And I was, I was either going to New York or I was going to San Francisco after after school, and uh, I guess I went with I went with product and attitude over, you know. Reputation of New York, I suppose. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I'm just, no, but I, I would think San Francisco would also seem a little less stressful. For it seemed that way. Indiana. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> definitely. Yes. yes, having been to New York now and and not back then, but yeah, it was definitely the right move. And I just ended up. I didn't have a plan, not a place to live, not a not a job, not anything lined up. Lined up. And twenty three, twenty four years 20, old. Twenty. Yeah, twenty two. Twenty two. Yeah, twenty two and. Ended up at this great neighborhood spot that's celebrating their 25th year of business this this year uh, called Firefly, mm-hmm. run by this guy Brad Levy, and he, I don't know, for some reason trusted me really quickly. Should he have? I guess so. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> didn't burn the place down or anything. I'm like, yeah, but you know, it it was it was a really interesting job, and, the, and you know, I spent close to five years there. Um, Right, right away, and and it just fit. It was a little sixty-five seat neighborhood restaurant, and I kind of like got spoiled in a lot of ways there because uh, it was under the table. There wasn't a lot of press, or not under the table. Um, under the radar. For, under the radar. There it is. Under the radar. Yeah, let's let's yeah. Let, let's keep the IRS at bay. <laughs> under the radar, <laughs> and uh, you know this neighborhood gem that that there wasn't a lot of press written about. He never paid for PR, but it was busy all the time. Oh, those are the best ones. And so I was so, just like, oh, so this, oh, you can do this. in the neighborhood. Yeah, surviving. And, you know, yeah, 25 years at this point. And, and he... What neighborhood is it? It's yeah. up in Noe Valley. Okay. So it's down through the Castro. Like you get through on Castro Street to 24th. And then if you go up the hill towards Twin Peaks. Mm-hmm. And it's, there's no other businesses around for a couple blocks. It's, that's the other weird thing is it's just situated in amongst all these houses and things too. That's very cool. It was really cool. And... Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was really trusting, and he had just had his first kid, and um, I was like, "Yeah, I think you can do this." I was like, "What do you mean, do this?" 
And he's like, no, you can, you can like run the kitchen and like be in charge of this thing. I was like, okay. And it was a lot of, uh, at what point did money come up? I'm just curious how that works. <laughs> After the fact. After yeah. the fact. After the fact, you know, being, you know, 20, at that point I was 23, 24. Mm-hmm. I'd been there for a little, you know, a year, year and a half before we got into that. But, uh, yeah, and it, it was, it was an interesting growing and learning experience and that learning curve had to be super sharp. And there was a lot of days spent you know, being angry with people and, and doing the yelling thing and all because I thought that's what you had to do. And is also that in your nature? Or is but, that no, not at all. Saw? And it's just what I saw and it's what I thought you needed to do to, <laughs> to be in charge. <laughs> and it's kind of funny thinking about it now, but there was a lot of it that was just based in like, I had no fucking idea what I was doing. And so it was just faking it. A lot of it had to be faking it. I had to fake confidence Did- and like all this stuff based on I was just like, no, we're going to do it. Like, and then you just get frustrated and really it's just projecting your own anger at yourself as you're trying to figure something out. But it's one thing to fake confidence, but yeah. fake anger right. and, <laughs> and, and yell when you're not a yeller. Yeah. So yeah. did that, did you find yourself, I'm just curious, going yeah. home and thinking, what the fuck? What oh yeah. The, what am all I the doing? time. Yeah. 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 All the time. And then you come through it and you start to like chip away at it a little bit and you, you realize that that's not a thing that you necessarily have to do and. And you figure out better ways to do it, especially as you keep going on now. And, you know, at least the, the past couple of years at Beast has been a, a more calm, you know. Do you think the last couple of years of uh, political discourse have affected how Probably. things are in the kitchen? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they have to. There's been, yeah, so much talk and so much. <sighs> yes. The, the answer is yes. So, yeah, really. So, yeah. You, and you only have experience the last couple of years in one restaurant, but yeah. do you, is that going on in all restaurants now where people are sitting down and saying, hey, we have potential, first of all, a potential PR liability, yeah. but a potential, potential legal liability if you don't calm your act down because yeah. people can come back and haunt us. Well, I think, I think it's real now, definitely where no one would really talk about it you know, a few years ago, but especially now, you know, it's, it's out there and it's out there in the open. And I think it's a really good thing. Um, but the other side of it too, is the workforce and the people that you're getting to come in the doors. One is hard to get, you know, staff right now is anybody and everyone I'm sure is, you know, mentioned on this podcast because it's the number one thing that usually comes up, but the staff wants, you know, and the people who are coming through is the, the younger generation of stuff is that's not something that they saw or were used to or had happened to them from the, the beginning. The, the opposite. opposite. It was like, yeah. I'm used to it. And so it just makes sense. And I did, like, it doesn't matter. But, it, you know, I don't want to say that people are coddled because I don't think that's true. But I think that there's, you know, there's not that militaristic attitude towards it that much anymore. Well, plus it's people don't super want it. competitive. So it's super competitive. So no you, one has to take any shit. No one has to take any shit. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You don't like it. Yeah. You just find somewhere else because everybody's hiring. And like, not that that's a good idea. Well, <laughs> <laughs> but, but I think it's a really, really good shift. And I think it, it, I, I, people want to learn, you know, if you're going to be in a job in a kitchen, that's not crazy high paying, that's stressful because of the pressures of just the job in general, it's hot, you know, there's all this stuff and, and people are there and seek out jobs for the most part because they want to learn something. I don't want to be screamed at. Nobody actually wants to be screamed at. You know, you want to learn. And so you find ways to get ahead of it. Be smarter in your preparation so other people can be smarter in their preparation, you know, and it can take out a lot of that tension. And then it can allow for a more collaborative and learning, a better learning environment. So do you think that having millennials in the kitchen have just, is it a chicken and the egg thing? Did you have to learn that? Right, or exactly. is that so because of that? He, and then you have to rationalize and say, okay, this is all good. Yeah. I we don't have, think there's I don't think there's one way or another with it really, but yeah. So if you had your druthers, would you oh man, I don't mean to get in trouble. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't. But would you rather have a twenty four year old that's that's got that's an open canvas, or a clear canvas that mm-hmm. you can teach, or um 38-year-old who's been in a lot of places and has us is used to getting yelled at. Yeah. <laughs> is not as sensitive. Uh, right now, I'll take the 24-year-old every time. And yeah. why? why? Who, who wants to learn? I, I With I'm a phone not, in their hands. 
Yeah, well, everyone does that now. Yeah, yeah. I guess so. That's true. That's not <laughs> it's just... It's one of those things, yeah. I mean, I should talk. Like, yeah, same. It's just yeah. like, yeah. Um, but I would, I would rather be able to teach somebody who doesn't have a whole lot of preconceived ideas of this should be this way. I think should's just a shitty word anyway, mm-hmm. but like you see that all the time. It's like this should be this way because of this and this. Why? Why? It doesn't have to be. You know, versus, you know, a 24-year-old kid who who has the energy and the drive and is smart and wants to learn. Those I mean, you have to have those things. And how do you, you know, know that, that how long does it take to identify that in a in a someone on, in the kitchen sure. because yeah. you can't know that in an interview. No, not at all. Um a lot of it's kind of gut instinct when in talking, like if we're talking about hiring, but trying to figure out when that is. I mean, you, you'll figure it out after a couple months of working with somebody, like what they're going to pick up on and what they're not, where you're going to have to push and pull. And what's and the retention different. rate for hiring a new cook now or someone? You know, I've been really, kitchen. you know, I, I can't, I can only speak from my experience over the past couple of years, but I've been incredibly lucky um, at Beast. And most of the staff that I actually started there who were there before me are still there now mm. with me. I've really only had to hire a very small handful of people in the time. Well, so that's a positive got, statement on you and Naomi. It so. really is. Yeah. And we've, yeah, we get at least a year out of people, if not two. And are there, there people swinging between expatriate and beast? A is little it? bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A little bit. It's they're They're definitely different, different beasts, different animals. Um, you know, in terms of the kitchen and the and the the menu over there at Expatriate's a little more static than what it does because it, which I think is perfect for the the bar side of things and people want you know those those classic things when they come back. So I think the we don't really switch out people all that often, but you know, lend a hand when we you know when somebody's going down and we you know you need it. Yeah, you need for it. sure. I love Expatriate. I love it's it. it's just yeah. to me. It's someone's been, in from out of town and they want to. Yeah, I want to take them for yep. something they're going to love. It's easy. That's where to they're go going. There, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And it's it's been this awesome blessing and a curse having them right. You know, having it you know be the sister business and right across the street because you know we'll order food in between turns at Beast from, from you know from expatriate and you know send them over some of our stuff too and the food and there's like that cool. But then all of a sudden you realize that you're eating you know expatriate nachos and burgers you know a couple times a week. And you're like great. But also not so great. <laughs> yeah, well, but it's you know it's but not it's, processed I, it's food. Awesome. It's like, that's that's my rationale. Sure, it's all made yeah. with good ingredients. You're right. Yeah, so I like that. Yeah. yeah, and then you know yeah. then there's the the onion sandwich, which is just yeah. white bread and butter. <laughs> so you can't. It's hard it. to rationalize that. Yeah. but it is. But it's small. There's it's how, small. There you see, go. Yeah, every, yeah, that's every what it dish is. has its. It should. They should list the um, list the on the menu. The description of the dish and then the rationalization, <laughs> the rationalization. you can use, you can use for it. having it for, yeah. to your doctor. Yeah. So, so do you, speaking of going to expatriate, yeah. do you have the opportunity to get out with your wife and enjoy the Portland food world? Because we, we try to. like to ask that question. Yeah, of here. course. Yeah, we try to. Um, a lot of our you know meals or snacks are, are late night kind of bar. Who does bar cooking at home? And, uh, we both do, actually, mm-hmm. yeah, pretty evenly. And what kind of things do you make at home? It can be anything from like a dozen quesadillas at a time to, uh, you know, some stuffed quail or something. I think those are things that we've just made this past week. (laughs) Oh, nice. But yeah, you know, it it just depends on, it depends on the day and how much energy you have. Do you have have much energy? Well, first of all, when is Beast, you have a few days off. I, yeah, usually I'll take, I'll actually take Sundays and Mondays, even though the restaurants close Monday and Tuesday. Mm-hmm. I'll go in there on crap. Tuesday and do some, some admin stuff and that kind of thing. And just a day for day for myself or to run around and do some errands and, and pick up some things. Um, but so, I'm, I'm so there a lot to, though. Yeah. So back to getting out and eating. Yeah. Are there any places you've been that are particularly Sure. I mean, I think the, for you? the perennial favorites I think are still, are still true. And the, the Le Pigeon, I, I always love, you know, what they're doing over there. You got to be ready for it though. Meaning you, what? Have, you just got to be ready. Like it's just it's it's uh, it's a really interesting gut bomb, <laughs> like the best way. Right, but yeah. now you can go to Canard and it's yeah, not so much that. Yeah. And, and you're pick, you're picking and choosing. It's a little different right. experience. Good over point. There. Um, and then we're we're a big fan of the the late night happy hour deals at Nostrana. Mm-hmm. Like pretty straight classic. 
but it, and it's always good. It's always you know exactly what you're walking into and what it's going to be. Five dollar pizzas. Yeah, it, right. Come on. Does it get much better? Than yeah, that? exactly. Um, and and uh, that's about it, right? Well, no, you got that. Go. And um, I think everything that Eric's doing over at Ranch Pizza is good. You know, you know I got to get like there. It. It's one of I those like places yeah. that I just keep hearing and seeing, and yeah. it's nonstop. Yeah. Once in a while, every year there's one of those that uh-huh. all of a sudden comes out of, for me, left field. Yeah. And I love pizza. Yeah. Got to get over there. I don't even know where it is. Where is it? It's, um, it's on Deacon. Oh, okay. Then, right by, um, right by uh, Firehouse? And stuff and, yeah. Okay. Around there, I think. Yeah. If I'm remembering right. Is that right? Yeah. So I is think it that's right. crust or what? No, it's like, in the, it's like. Detroit or whatever oh, the like Caspian. I think I don't. I, no, don't quote that. I don't think it's actually Detroit style, but it's more inspired by that. So it's like the thicker crust, the like the big, big cheese, you know, cheese ring around the outside. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, gotta try that. Yeah, and he's doing the food. They're doing the food at that um, what Isaac Brock's bar, uh, Poison Rainbow, the title bout spot, which is like on Twenty Eighth. Mm-hmm. They're doing all the the food, so you can get pizza there until two a.m. Actually. And oh, stuff. cool. Yeah, same I'm stuff. And it's great. Looking- I'm not usually not looking for pizza at 1 a.m. <laughs> I am. Yeah. Same. Well, we all know that. <laughs> well, we should meet there for pizza. So, yeah. um, uh, so late November. Late November. From West. Yeah. And uh, that's exciting. You're yeah. going to be really excited about that. Super excited. Yeah. We're in the like, I think that's kind of the stress ball stage right now where it's like kind of waiting for some construction projects and some little remodel stuff to to, to finish up before we really like get all the old stuff in and bring in all the new stuff and then can kind of get cranking a little bit more. Good. Well, I'd love yeah. to talk to you about doing a little event there. December Absolutely. is not a good time for events. Okay. It's true. But maybe January, February. Yeah. We can you bet. work together on something. I'd love to. Yeah, yeah. That would be fun. Yeah. Um, and anything else you got planned in the next year? You got any vacations <sighs> planned? You can't. No, no can't, I can't now. Yeah. That's, your, that's your vacation. Yeah, we keep, we keep joking that we'll eventually we'll take an actual honeymoon, you know, Messing around with stuff. The Italian Alps are, uh, talk about Amsterdam a lot. Yeah. Just kind of to see, to check out. But yeah, that's probably a little further away now, now that we got the yeah, new, the new do, project. And, and you know what? That The year will go really fast because oh, yeah. you're going to be working. So you do go to Italy. The deal is very simple. There's that direct Delta flight yeah. to Amsterdam. Yep. So whenever you go, you just plan an extra two or three days in Amsterdam and you get your Italy in and you get Perfect. your Amsterdam in and... You're Done. good. Yeah, Pro I'm, tips. I'm, I love it. Well, I'm, every year I'm going over, and I always plan three extra days somewhere. It used to be Amsterdam, but I've done that five times yeah. now. So <laughs> so I just did Bologna and Valencia, Spain. Oh, yeah. my God, that was fantastic. Yeah. So just nice. wherever you're going, just the, the flights over there are 40 euros to go from anywhere to anywhere in awesome. Europe. So always plan an extra three days to go somewhere new that you've never been so you can popping yeah. in to the memory bank. I like it. So, um, good. Well, I hope this little, this was a fast hour. Yeah. That it was an hour. Already? That was an hour. Jeez. I know. Okay. I usually, it's, <laughs> it's, it's interesting. Sometimes an hour feels like it takes four hours. Yeah. Not usually. And then yeah, sometimes I they go, I look and I go, well, we got another 20 minutes and then no, we no. have three. Wow. So, um, so this went fast. You're you're yeah. a fun guest, and you and I, you and I really haven't had a chance to talk much other Not than a whole high. lot. Yeah. So and yeah. I like when someone comes in and this is a, the first real experience. Yeah. You're a great you're a great person to talk to. Yeah. You're, well, thank you. Appreciate people that. have fun at. Yeah. I assume an open kitchen at West. There is, so. there is a chunk of it that's open. Yeah. And Good. we'll be we'll be out there. Yeah. I want to talk to the people who are coming in. I want them to say hi. This is the yeah. this is the unique thing about Portland. I'm sure it's happening more and more yeah. elsewhere, but that's what made me fall in love. I didn't know there was a food scene when I came out here. Yeah. And that is the food's great, but the experience of getting to talk it's to the experience. people. Experience. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's what it is too and that's that's part of this the like it's it's casual but it's not casual in, in what we're trying to do at West and and it's about that experience. It's the place where you can go for a glass of wine and a bowl of pasta on your way home, and that's it. Or you can stay with six friends and order twelve different plates and taking reservations. For a What's the no no reservations? No. Okay. I mean, we'll see. We'll see what people want. That's the other thing too. It's like I'm I'm viewing this a lot. Like, well, you know what happened, kind of with like Aaron Barnett and Lemoule, where he's like, oh, I'm going to do mussels and fries and Belgian beer, right? And people were like. No, you're going to take reservations and you're going to make a full-on restaurant. <laughs> like, yeah, there's some of it that the clientele is going to 
kind of dictate and we're setting it up to be what we think is successful, but also kind of open to see how, how people are going to receive it and what they, what they want out of the experience there too. I'm just curious, you know, I just think it, yeah, d- depending on the type of restaurant, I like to be able to make a reservation somewhere because yeah. then I don't have to think that, okay, it could be a long wait. Yeah. Um, but, you know, everybody's different and people wait. I'll wait longer for dinner than I will. I'm not going to wait for brunch for very no. long when there's so many nope. opportunities. Yep. Not happening. <laughs> exactly. So. Um, I'm the same with that. Yeah. 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 And like I said, we'll see how it goes. And I'm, I'm Are you going to do brunch two weekends? Eventually, yeah. Probably the, yeah, January. Right, and then lunch, let's just keep going. Uh, We haven't haven't talked about that yet. (laughs) (laughs) We'll know all the categories. Yeah, we're going to do some deals in that that four to six... Four to six range for like kind of a traditional happy hour, but nothing like I don't want to have a separate menu. It's just like going to be a dollar off this or that, you know, that kind of thing. And it's a lot easier. I'm just trying to simplify it from people coming in too. I don't want them to have, you know, four sheets of paper in front of them that they got to read. Like you're going to have a drink menu and a food menu. I agree. All the time. And that's it. And I don't want people guessing when we're open, like we're open four to midnight, seven days. And that's just that. Very simple. You know, and then, yeah, we're going to, we're going to add brunch in January. That's the plan as of right now. Saturday and Sunday, and then yeah, we'll see how it's going. See what the neighborhood, how the neighborhood's doing, and people are walking around. If we want to do lunch or not, it's a proven location. It is. It's, it's been waiting, yep. and you're the man. So I'm very uh, excited. We're very excited for it. Yeah. Good. Well, looking forward to it. Yeah. Thanks for this. By the way, this was serendipitous it was because we right. planned this before I knew. I just planned this before I knew too. So, yeah. oh really? <laughs> yeah, that happened pretty quickly. That was, I was it was in, about two days after actually you and I talked about doing this. That was mid August or later, yeah. third week in August. Yeah, because it was the Gav, it was Gavin Gavin Casey. Casey. Yeah, and then well, maybe it was a little bit later than that. But anyway, either way, yeah, I had no idea that this was going to be a thing either. And Good timing, for you. timing's everything. Yeah, no, I was over somewhere. I think in some in Sicily. Yeah. And I looked up my, okay, I got to keep up with what's going on in Portland. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that's great. We have him on the podcast <laughs> right when I get back. So Perfect. thanks for agreeing to come. And Absolutely. thanks for still agreeing to come. Because you could have yes, you know, you said, I'm too busy now. Yeah. I can't do it. Well, so. thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Pleasure. Right at the Fork is hosted and produced by Chris Angeles and Court Johnson. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at Food Podcast PDX or on Facebook at Right at the Fork or online at rightatthefork.com. 